The following show contains spoilers for episode 4 of Survivor 42. Hello again. Hello again. Hello again. Welcome back to RNG Show, the podcast where we talk about Survivor, we talk about our fantasy league, and soaring what else? Uh, we are talking about Entry Odyssey Nexus, the 3DS game that nobody has ever heard of. It's true. Uh, if you've heard of it, leave a comment in the <laughs> box below. So, uh, we had an exciting episode four. Uh, all the questions that we had about what was going to be in episode four uh, was answered in this episode. So, now we know, which is awesome. We start off the episode... Uh, checking back in with Vadi, kind of decompressing and deconstructing uh, the big, you know, situation that, you know, just happened for them compared to kind of having like a week break like we did. So there's certainly like a lot for them to go over. But what I think is, you know, of what stands out here is that Lydia just had like nothing to say to us, really. Yeah, unfortunately, Lydia was extremely invisible uh in the midst of all this which you know isn't a great sign when she was so in the center of it as um one of the people getting votes and whatnot but hopefully you know she gets a bit more screen time in the future yeah Um, i guess part of that might be down to the fact that she wasn't really like emotionally in the moment like she didn't want to go home of course but like at that point, her fate was kind of up to the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm just... she didn't have much like actual sway over anything other than like her words <laughs> and trying to convince. Uh, Please don't vote me out. Else. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm hoping that you know, like maybe they're just like shelving Lydia for a bit or something. But I think what is like likely happening here is that Lydia just kind of crashed in terms of like energy being out on the island. And, you know, all the enthusiasm and, like, excitement that we saw in that first episode just isn't really carrying through. Because we see someone like Marianne, who is still full of energy, like, being, you know, consistently kind of presented to us. But Lydia has kind of fallen off in that regard. Uh, Definitely mellowed out. Unfortunate, but, you know, like, it, it happens and everyone's human and they just can't stay at 100% forever. They're only human after all truly yeah. uh you know we have we have like daniel you know who made it through the vote all right still kind of come off in a pretty like poor position here uh yeah and daniel is to kind of like land on her feet and roll into it and like you know is doing okay because now that they're out of tribal she can just turn it back on him like what what are you doing i can't believe you did that to me yeah, Daniel's really getting the the short end of the stick here, which is like honestly fair, but kind of surprising based with how things actually ended up at Tribal. It felt like Daniel came out of it like pretty okay, but once Chanel told Mike, I was like, "Hey, you know, look at all the stuff that he told me about you." Now Mike's like, "Oh, now I'm super against Daniel." Mm-hmm. And then, like, Hi and Lydia don't really seem to be super keen on working with Daniel, either. 
Daniel didn't really come off the most eloquent during, uh, you know, <laughs> last week's tribal, but for sure, I, I feel like he's taking a lot more crap than he necessarily deserves. Yeah, that's, yeah, but that's how I feel. It's kind of a weird mixture because it's part of, you know, this early part of the game to like form groups and, you know, for better or for worse, you know, sometimes like the best way for a group to form is by specifically like ostracizing one person. And it's like pretty awful, but sometimes that's just like how it works. I, I've kind of noticed. Um, mm-hmm. What is interesting about this being a game, though, is that in the short term, like, sure, this is fine. It'll bond you over putting Daniel down. But if we get to a merge situation, then suddenly, you know, we have a tribe divided here, which uh, can make it so someone like Taku can grab up Daniel and be like, hey, like, come with us we will save you from your uh you know your awful tribe back home and we'll vote one of them out like how do you feel about that like we'll do it for you you know and they can take daniel or uh you know it it just makes the green tribe kind of weak which is the opposite issue that taku kind of feels like they're being put in where instead of a tribe divided they are uh, kind of expressing as a tribe united, which... Quote-unquote, a really tight four. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I guess just, you know, because we're here, we can kind of talk about it. Uh, You know, like, the idea is if you are a solid unit going into the merge, then it's going to motivate all the other people to, uh, you know, then vote you out before your loyalty can overwhelm their, like, pure force of numbers. But if there's an easier target in one of these Vaadi people because they come into the merge like being like, oh, my God, we have to get rid of Daniel. Daniel's a snake. Like he'll betray you as soon as he is able to. Right. Uh, You know, that can give a tribe like Taku some footing, especially if they scoop Daniel up. Yeah, I, I totally agree. After the last episode, uh, it really felt like. Vati was going to always be the weakest going into the merge because they're just such a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, even without like Daniel being hard divided from the other four, um, which isn't necessarily the case yet, but you know, very, very, very possible. They just as the like Lydia High duo and then the uh, Mike, Daniel, Jenny, or whoever would have ended up there, they were still very not united. So even if, right. you know, Daniel wasn't the one uh, being outcast by them, they still would have gone into the merge as like a three and two or a two and two and been, you know, pretty much only used as numbers. Um, I think, meanwhile, uh, we look at Blue Tribe, whose name has escaped me momentarily. Ika. Ika. Uh, we look at them, and they're very fragmented, I would say. I don't really get, like, true bonds between right. any of the members. Also they're, true. They're scraping by with the, you know, convenience of strength in numbers here. But by the time we get to the merge, I really imagine, you know, Romeo, Drea, Tori, if she's still there, Roxbury, if he's still there, like are going to be so fed up with the others that they might sacrifice, you know, their kind of safety in 
favor of just joining on with somebody they can like get along with better or like actually play the game with because sure like you know romeo is doing a decent job of putting up with roxroy but when it comes down to it like do you really want to like have to put up with roxroy for another like two weeks like every single yeah day for the entirety weeks? of the merge <laughs> so i can imagine that you know, like, if you're Taku, right, even though everybody knows that you're strong, like, if you go into this merge and you're able to, like, scoop up Daniel as the outcast from his tribe, you're able to scoop up, like, Romeo from Ika or something, you know, it's like, you might be able to start getting things together. Mm-hmm. So, I'm really curious to see uh, where the divisions end up, or, like, if everybody puts aside their differences and just goes to vote for Taku because they seem like they're in such a strong position right now. Yeah, and so it creates this weird dynamic where you sort of, you really want to be a part of Taku's group because they're so strong. And if you can get getting good on that, then you're suddenly in this really good position. But because they are so tight as four, everyone should know that if you even, you know... Even if you get in good, you're still going to be on the bottom of that, like every single time, no matter who right. you are. Yeah, it'll be hard to like if you're Vati, it'll be hard to play the middle and divide and conquer against Taku because you're never gonna be able to find a fracture there to like slowly strip their numbers away as you go. Like they're always gonna be like one solid four unit. Yeah, and so for somebody like Daniel, who's definitely on the outs, it's a much harder decision than just, oh, my old tribe doesn't like me, therefore I go to the new tribe, because it's possible that weakening Taku in the merge with your numbers and working with whatever numbers from Ika you get, uh would be better for his game and then later on maybe uh changing alliances then as opposed to trying to instantly move away from your tribe as soon as you hit the merge Mm -hmm. so i feel like in you know for like 41 seasons of survivor you know coming on but i feel like we're still kind of set up in an interesting spot here come the merge just because we have like three very unique cases of like tribe composition here it feels like compared to some seasons where it's like okay you know team one versus team two or like everybody hates each other or you know anything like that so i'm excited to see where it goes of course if there's an hourglass (laughs) twist again uh (laughs) it'll kind of make that first vote uh you know maybe a little less dynamic Uh, i guess i can you know we'll bring this idea up right so last season how they played this out is everyone split away from their tribes but they weren't really merged yet and they played a challenge and whoever won the challenge got the merge buffs they've merged now they're cool they're immune and they go back to camp and then there's a bunch of people who aren't merged yet and they're kind of just like in limbo because they're still um, like going to be vulnerable at the upcoming vote but one person is chosen to go to exile and they're given the choice to smash the hourglass and turn back time and if they do so 
all the people who use if one turn back immunity time. are now going to lose immunity and be vulnerable. And if there's one person on the season who you could expect to win a challenge, it would be Jonathan, right? Yeah. So we are looking at a potential scenario here where Jonathan wins an immunity challenge and he's immune and then someone like, you know, you know, like Daniel or something goes to exile, smashes the hourglass. Jonathan's now vulnerable, even though he won the challenge. And everyone's like, yeah, we should just get rid of Jonathan because he'll probably just keep winning challenges. And then he's gone and he couldn't have done anything about it. Yeah. And that's like a very realistic scenario here. Yep. Yep. So. Uh, am, I, am I misremembering though? What do you mean? Because if I, if I recall, the tribe that was vulnerable after the hourglass smash still had to do an individual immunity challenge. And somebody from that half was still safe. Is that how it worked? Yeah, yeah. They did splits. And then they gave one tribe the merge buff and said... The rest of you will have to compete for individual immunity. And then they smash the hourglass and like, ha, you're the ones fighting for individual immunity. That's the okay. way I remember it happening. Okay. Well, that's good to hear, at least. Well, I don't think I don't think it was everyone. Half the tribe was still safe. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, it, you know, it's not just an automatic, like, you know, Jonathan is now made to be vulnerable no matter what. He'll oh, yes, yes, yes. a yes, final I... fighting chance yes. for immunity. Yes. Yes, okay. I understand what you're saying now. Yes, that is that is correct. Well, that's Sorry, good. <laughs> At the very least, still not really, uh, you know, the best sort of twist out there. But we'll see what they end up doing. What if, what if Roxroy wins immunity? If Roxroy <laughs> wins immunity, then Wavers is getting a nice bag of points. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know, there was a reward challenge. They got a bunch of fish for it. <laughs> but... The main like uh, a, a modest amount of fish. I mean, yeah, the a main story of the immunity challenge or the reward challenge was just the one time Jonathan's like, "Yeah, we're a good group," and then he spent a lot of time talking about how that was like a bad thing to do. I can't believe he said we get along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Uh, we also <laughs> but he said we're there friends. Is, there is something I mean... <laughs> to be said about, uh, especially so close to the merge, how you should present your tribe mm-hmm. to the other tribes because like, you know, we just talked about presenting as this tight, uh, unimpenetrable group of four, it really wards people off from trying to, you know, move from their tribe to yours, right? Because they will know that you are always on the bottom, which is kind of the assumption anyways but if it seems at least a bit more fractured even if they're still together then at least then maybe you can like establish a connection with you know one or two people within that group and then become the three that'll overtake the other two in mm-hmm. that group as opposed to right now where it's this tight four that you can be a part of but you will always 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 be the fifth and so it makes things like the merge way harder for them because now again as we said when you're this open about it unless they can spin it as 
oh, Jonathan, we, you know, we were just lying, you know, we're not actually that close, Jonathan just thinks so, or, you know, play up a story like that, then people like Daniel, who are in the outs, have even less reason to, or, or even more reason to want to break that up before um, dropping their old tribe. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's nice how, I guess, the show is still like giving us new things to think about, or at least thinking about things in different contexts every time. And, you know, these things are results of, you know, big dynamic twists they're inserting in the game yet, but it's cool. It's been very straightforward, like, gameplay-wise so far, mm-hmm. but I, th- I think the characters and, like, the interpersonal drama has been, like, what's been driving this season. Yeah, it's a really, really good cast, and I appreciate they're giving them time to shine and it's not like last season where which also had a great cast but like they just focused so much on you know like certain key characters Uh that it kind of took away from everybody else and then they spent so much time on summits that it took away from everybody like here we're just getting the opportunity for like the fantastic people they cast to breathe a little bit absolutely uh so immunity challenge then uh well one quick thing before we go into this we also had this weird moment where we really hung on talking about jonathan at the at the reward challenge right um beyond just like his comment like everyone on talku (laughs) had something to say about you know jonathan's unity here well, yeah, but, like, even before that, Jeff's like, oh, Jonathan, you're such a, a man's man. You're such a, like, Olympian god at challenges, am I right? And then he's like, hey, Tori, how do you feel about that? And Tori's like, oh, yeah, he's Thor. Of course we're losing to Thor. It's just, it's just Jonathan's a one-man show and blah, blah, blah. And it seems like people are really upset at this. Even, like, I think um, we saw after the challenge, Drea made some comments to them. He's like, oh, yeah, of course. We, we just lose to Jonathan, whatever. It's just him. He's just caring. And <laughs> we get this for, like, a decent chunk of time where people are just, like, really... Screw this guy. ...upset <laughs> at Jonathan's existence. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it makes you wonder, like, is this going to be, you know, is this just, like, a very heavy-handed, like, sort of foreshadowing? Like, we already kind of understand that, you know, Jonathan's, like, story this season is probably going to be very much related to, like, his challenge performance. But it just feels like they really are, like, driving it in here, like, like, what he's doing. And, like, yeah, he has been pretty dominant in the challenges, but, like, you know, people have been dominant in, in challenges before, you know, and this... Really, you know, like, really looking at this cast, you know, there are also much less, like, you know, huge athletic people or, you know, like, very strong people. You know, it it's a much more kind of, like, normal type of sampled group. <laughs> so when you do have someone who is out here who is extremely fit, it just shows a lot more. So... They see an Aussie and it scares them. Right. So, you know, does this mean that, you know, Jonathan goes on and just like keeps winning challenges forever? Or does this mean like Jonathan just like loses the first individual challenge and gets voted out because of 
how much he like showed off in in the pre-merge instead of you know holding back a little bit so other people will like underestimate him because like that's a strategy we've seen kind of work out all right is when these you know guys who are super like fit don't really put a hundred percent into the challenges so they don't like get displayed as such a big deal as Jonathan. yeah don't just put such a huge target on their back it's the same thing you know doing this in a physical game versus like if you're going out constantly looking for an idol you know you're you're playing too much and, and people will get you know nervous and want to vote you out or if you go around and you tell everybody that you know you're my number one you're my number one you know it makes people nervous and want to vote you out so mm-hmm. you know it's like you know jonathan's out here to show not you know not show off and be like you know too self-centered or anything in that way but he's there to like really just put everything he had full effort into it which is like super noble but is not the best long-term strategy i think because he just has yeah. a huge target and like he was gonna have that anyways for just being so big but he's just kind of really driven it in yeah, he's really doubling down on that as opposed to it just kind of being a, a fact of his game. It, he's like really, really committing to this, you know, one plan, this one style, this one like mm-hmm. uh, reason for playing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of that, <laughs> going into another challenge. Right. <laughs> uh he does his Jonathan thing yeah. and swims thing an entire boat of people. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> it really felt like, yeah, Marianne should have just like gone in the boat <laughs> because he was doing fine in the water. A uh, couple funny moments. I, you know, funny, I guess with like Lydia not able to like reach the key, you know, is that, you know, how much, and it just makes me think, like, you know, how much should Survivor, like, you know, a- accommodate for something like that, I guess? Because clearly, like, you know, they probably, sh- like, should have put someone different in that role, right? Like, choosing the right person for the right job. But, you know, should any person, like, realistically be able to complete, like, any challenge, you know? Like, if that was jumping and, like, Lydia just didn't have you know what she needed to like be able to jump that high uh you know what if it was like you know like you were forced to like you know lift a certain amount of weight or something like you had to lift a really heavy object and like put it onto like uh you know like a balance beam or something you know and like somebody just couldn't physically lift it you know would they just like they just lose because they aren't able to because there are a lot of challenges they like adjust for the person I'm just kind of yeah, curious like if, here. If, if for in this specific case, say a shorter person is having to, you know, make a jump. Maybe give them stairs or a ramp or something. Y- yeah, yeah. I don't so know. I, it's like kind of a, a light question about like accessibility in a way, and you know, really, it's kind of like half and half. Where it's like, you know, should they only be casting people who like can meet, you know, like various like active physical requirements or you know should they just be more inclusive about you know different sorts of abled people and you know accommodate for their different needs uh it's kind of just like an interesting question that doesn't really have like a right or wrong answer but is something i wonder if they 
consider as like a production team when they're doing their meetings yeah it gets very complicated though because like this one has a very clear result based on you know her like height and whatever Mm -hmm. um but every challenge has that to some extent and it gets really muddy when you start thinking about like you know let's say a balance beam and you know somebody being uh very skinny shout out to romeo versus you know anybody else um it's going to be easier for you know the skinnier person generally yeah but should they you know really address that because people have you know a different physicality that makes this part of the challenge easier or harder probably not um mm-hmm. because then again every challenge at a certain point uh benefits different people of different mm-hmm. physicalities so yeah, at I, what point I, do you stop yeah i feel like it makes sense you know in switching up the types of challenges right as opposed to like trying to make every single challenge equally fair for every single person yeah i mean that's also why challenges are um multi-part i feel like right because like lydia didn't need to do this specific Mm -hmm. part of it it's just that's how it yeah worked out in their plan choosing the wrong person for this specific job yeah and i think that that just comes down to the tribe strategy part that we don't see going Mm -hmm. into a challenge where they pick each person for each part i think that's where this kind of thing should be figured out so that it doesn't happen in the first place yeah so they build a fish too they also did did do that they built the fish that was pretty and neat fins fell off <laughs> yeah it was a big fish lots of pieces it was a lot it was a lot bigger than it was a moderately sized fish <laughs> it was definitely more than a decent sized fish according to jeff but <laughs> when they showed it I was like, oh, that's, you know, we've seen this before. It's going to be like, you know, 10 pieces or whatever. Uh, when Taku got there, I was like, oh, they'll get through this, you know, super quick. And then they start doing the pieces and the pieces are super small. I'm like, oh, this is huge. Yeah, it looks this a lot more fun big than the old one fish. where they have to put like all the little ribs on the fish, you know? Oh, yeah, the rib one sucked. This one seems a little little more like intuitive at least because it's ultimately still just like a jigsaw puzzle but it was a cool one yeah i thought the fins at the very end were like a nice little addition nice little like all right this is the last bit but you know by the time like we were doing the puzzle even though it's the equalizer you know like well no that's i guess that's not true because Vadi did end up catching up as you know shouted out by daniel but Basically, what I'm saying is, like, Taku got there first, and Taku, like, very clearly <laughs> built their fish pretty quickly. Yeah. So it all... They were just so far ahead that, like, they could have they could have taken it easy and still come out on top. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still waiting for somebody to be at one of these, like, sit-out benches and for Jeff to be like, I'm hiding a scroll under the bench. Let's see if they <laughs> find out. And it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I think Jeff sort of uh, mellowed out on the whole talking to the camera thing. So uh, it's (laughs) possible that they still, you know... I'm I'm hiding in immunity at this tribe's camp. You know what? I'll hide from the other camps, too. (laughs) 
It was it was so novel. <laughs> okay, so Ika loses. Uh, Every know, day, our castaways will visit their tree mail. Sometimes, uh, you know, we are to break the fourth wall. Uh, you know, recording this podcast, I look over at Audacity uh, recording software sometimes in the waveforms I make when I talk. Uh, I just made one that looked like a fish, which I feel like is <laughs> topical for our current discussion. And if you're listening and you can find the fish just by listening, <laughs> go ahead and leave a comment in the uh, the thing, the thingy. So back say, on Ika. The fish happened at <laughs> minute uh, 23 and 40 seconds and you get a flame pog. Hooray. Wait, we're giving away flame pogs now? <laughs> Yippee! All right, visit rngshow.com slash store to buy your flame pog today. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> so we go back we, to We don't Ika. actually have a store. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ika loses. Right, so, right, so Ika loses the challenge. We go back to the camp. We kind of like glossed over them a little bit when we were going over the rest of the tribes. Uh, and here we are to talk about them now. But it, I feel like this Ika segment is a little bit of, you know, when Survivor kind of just, like, runs its wheels a bit of showing us, like, oh, maybe this person goes home. Maybe this person goes home. Who knows? It's up in the air. But, like, once we get to Tribal, it's it's very clear that, like, Swathi is kind of on the way out. And you can really read it from, like... Tori's body language just being completely relaxed and Swathi, you know, very like vehemently declaring, you know, why Tori needs to go home and why she is staying tonight. Yeah, why she would never get voted out for something Tori did. Right. I did enjoy the uh, segment at camp where like everybody kind of realizes that Swathi's been like stirring up shit the entire time. Yeah, we get a little yeah. Swathi montage. <laughs> uh, which also is a little bit of a sign. It's like, okay, everyone's yeah. on her way out. Uh, but, you know, what, I guess, how do you guys feel about this move of, you know, going around telling everybody that they're your number one? Is this just like a normal survivor thing to do? Or like. I think it is a normal survivor thing to do generally, just because, I mean, maybe not saying you're my number one, but like, I've got your back at least. Number one's a bit strong, but I'm maybe you're tell, talking to people who need to hear it at that moment, so you're going to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a sort of weird. I am of the mindset that in Survivor, you I would generally just say whatever I need to say. You know, the classic example is always like, uh, you know, somebody declaring on like their mother's life that they will never vote against a person, right? And then the other person feels very confident in that. I would definitely just say those kinds of things without putting any, like, weight behind them. And this feels kind of like an extension of that, where it's like, I could very easily just say, tell anyone that they're my number one. But I think... You should just tell people that they are your mother. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Uh, But I seeing, like, how it worked out here... I think it totally makes sense that if people find out about it specifically, like specifically with it, you saying you are my number one and somebody else saying, well, they said they're my number one. It's sort of like um, an early version of 
people in the merge saying, oh, they said that they would take me to the end uh-huh. or, you know, that kind of thing. And that can work against you if you do it too much because now everybody knows that you're not telling somebody the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so while I don't think it should be as big of a deal as it is for Ika here, I do understand why it was like the 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 straw that broke Swathi's back, right? Yeah, it's kind of a it, it's like when you use the the number one thing with people that you're really not that close with, it's like yeah. okay for building that bond, but as soon as they share it, which they're only going to share if they already don't trust you. But once you share it and everyone can be like, oh, she told me the same thing. Like, they're all going to feel burned and, like, are going to just want to vote you out. Because they're all going to feel lied to as opposed to, like, oh, she meant it for me, but she lied to you two. You know, it's like, oh, she just lied to all of us. Um, so And then, like, especially if the people who you've already said you're number one to, you're kind of, like, gunning for at this point in the game. Uh-huh. Like, you're not... If you're actually, like, somebody's number one, you're not basically going to abandon them at this point in the game. You're going to be like, I'm going to talk to this person, and we're going to we're gonna see if we can move the vote somewhere else. You don't say, eh, I guess it's you. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, Swathi goes home here, and it's definitely, like, for a reason. Like, Swathi didn't really have to go home. It's just, like, misplayed through trying to do too much, I think. Yeah, which is kind of funny because going into the season, especially after the first vote, I really thought how Swathi played was how Tori was going to play. But this tribal was just like, not that at all. Also, now that I think about it, weren't Tori and Swathi the ones that had the weird, like, moment at the challenge where they, like, slapped each other? Yes. That's (laughs) kind of... Now that I'm thinking about because when we saw that, and they just kind of awkwardly slapped each other before the challenge, I was like, this is a weird shot to hang on. But I guess, <laughs> I guess there's intention there, because they ended up being the two that were, like, uh, the possible votes, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a little tiny bit of foreshadowing, where it's like, oh yeah, these are the two, and they're working together here, but, uh, at, you know, going into the vote, now they're against each other. Um, Wild storytelling here yeah, on Survivor. But, but anyways, I I really felt like Tori was going to be the more frantic one uh, going into, like, just looking at this tribe. Mm-hmm. But seeing Tori play, like, very confidently and calmly. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting to see. And, it, like I said, it was super telling of, like, how comfortable Tori felt with her, with her spot there. But, yeah, like, Tori just totally, like, you know letting everything, you know, Spotty Zay does a roll off her, you know, responding in kind, but, like, not, you know, like, I don't know. It's just very interesting to see her show off that, that side of herself. Mm-hmm. And, and I hope we get to see more. Yeah. Because I think this Tori is what I wanted to see from her when I was, like, thinking about drafting her and whatnot. Um... And then the very early Tori that we saw was like, glad I didn't, <laughs> glad uh-huh. I didn't actually draft her. Uh, but I think it'd be really fun to see a very like 
calm, collected, thinking Tori going into, like, the merge and stuff. Yeah. We also have uh, Swathy go and take take a shot. A shot in the dark. <laughs> uh, we, we've had a lot of shots this season. I f- think we only had... One, one without, last yeah. season, and I think what's interesting Everybody, shots, of, shots, shots, of shots. this season versus the last season is that last season there was a really big focus on like blind sides, and every vote was like somebody's going home, and they like are totally shocked by it. Like every tribal was also a live tribe, right? It was like they had no yeah. idea they were going home. It was like totally rug pulled out from under their feet. So like there was not a chance to play the shot in the dark. Versus this time, it's been much more of like, okay, it's either person A or person B. And it's been like that almost every single vote. So it makes so much more sense to just like play the shot in the dark because like your vote doesn't matter because it's either going to be every vote is for you or every vote is for the other person. Mm-hmm. It's not like a split vote situation or like, oh, if like we just can get this one person to swing over to our side. It's like, okay, well, I'm just going to go home tonight if, uh, you know, they decide to vote for me, so I should be safe. Uh, Roxroy did not get the memo. Well, I think well, I think there they were actually maybe trying to split the vote. Maybe. Yeah, I, I think they were trying to. But, yeah, lots of shot in the darks, which is, I mean, I think it's neat to see. I mean, none of them have panned out yet, though. Yeah, which is the correct but... mathematical result. Right, but but there hasn't been an episode where it's like, okay, like people are using the shot in the dark so much where it is affecting like the gameplay of the season, right? Because it's not like anybody is choosing the shot in the dark over like a vote and the vote could have been like, you know, the one they needed to vote the other person out. Like it's just very straightforward when, when to use the shot in the dark. So I'm curious if we will run into a situation in the pre-merge and we don't really have too many episodes left, but we run into a situation where, you know, everybody just like piles their votes on somebody and, uh, you know, they get the shot in the dark and they are safe. And then like something wild happens, you know? Yeah. And then they have to vote between the others kind of thing. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, I suppose we also have... Uh, like the last third of the idol to look forward to and i always don't remember it during the episode it's not till like after i'm like wait we still like have the like the clip from the beginning of the season with uh with tori reading the potato thing and you know we just don't know if that is like a trick of editing or if she just like read the line after being voted out or if it is never found right we just like don't know where that story thread is going with the three-part idol yeah and marianne here is the only one actively Mm -hmm. using her phrase and i think especially now after like the second time she's read it i think the play is to just never say it again until somebody else starts it uh Uh, yeah yeah. i think i think honestly i think they kind of like glossed over it, but her kind of like shot here using it, I think was like fine. Right. She said, she's like, Oh, I've said this so many times, but it was only her, her second time saying it. Right. Yeah. So I feel like it makes sense with the second time. And then, yeah, it's like, leave it on the the shelf for now. Somebody else can start it. Uh, and then 
I don't think I don't think Marianne has the personality type to to not uh, keep trying. I though. guess so. But <laughs> yeah, like with Marianne, she's you know everyone's saying crazy things, just like <laughs> just like that time I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows if this gets resolved? Like Marianne, maybe Marianne will just say the phrase like for the next couple challenges, and nobody else will ever bring it up, and like that's that. Who knows? <laughs> But, and everyone just hopes they get to the merge so they have the yeah have the thing without having to reveal it one thing i will one thing i will mention uh about pre-merge potential stuff is that so long as uh, once again so long as the last title isn't found and the next challenge isn't when they activate if taku still goes to tribal we still only have two votes at that tribal it's it's still on the table though i almost am of the mind that because this would be such an awkward scenario is just not going to happen that's my read i think (laughs) right because survivors written and they would never it it would just be too much to do the same thing twice so they're just going to win the next two challenges from from here on cool i'm down for that because i don't want to see i don't want to see the two vote situation exactly. but uh so yeah i'm, I'm with you on that yeah <laughs> of course okay well cool uh well speaking of shall we move on to points sure okay if you want to okay so other half of the podcast we talk about some numbers every time somebody does something uh, we benefit. You always exactly have the podcast, right? Yep. If as long <laughs> as you uh, change the speed for the first half, or I guess make the second half slower, but uh, all all settings available in your favorite podcast player. If your podcatcher is any good. Yeah. Okay. So points. Kind of an interesting uh, sort of hand dealt out uh so to speak for this episode i'll start with myself i uh, got high and mike they got immunity second place points they got points for being on the episode <laughs> that's pretty much it for me uh, i got an episode point for swappy uh, i traded between Roxroy and swappy after pr- the premiere i do get two points for her uh you know throwing her shot in the dark this episode and I got a chance die because she went home, but uh, that's kind of it, and I lose a spot on my team. So, you know, in the end, would it have been better to keep Roxroy or maybe, you know, like getting the chance die is better than if, like, Ika just doesn't do anything anymore? I don't know. It's hard to see exactly how this trade pans out, but, like, when I made it, I feel like it was the right decision. Yeah, I think Roxroy had a pretty terrible start. <laughs> I think getting rid of him as soon as possible was always yeah. the like Swappy. Right yeah, Swappy could either have just gone out here like she did, or you know she could have like grown into a little bit more of a stronger character. But that didn't happen. So oh well. <laughs> so I got nine points there plus a chance die. But I am kind of dwarfed uh, by most of the other people here. Not by a huge margin, but uh, next up is Soaring. Oh, by the way, I, f- Hello. I have to mention uh, my team, the Vertebral Column. We got nine points. Uh, together, we stand as one. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, next is Soaring's team. Soaring, your team name is? The Galaxy Brains. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, Galaxy Brains. <laughs> Let's see. We got a Vaughty person with Chanel. So you got three points from her. Uh, just for getting second place. Jonathan, we got reward and immunity win. So they uh, are gathering in a bunch of points there. We had separate challenges this episode, too. So it's like lots of points. Uh, Romeo Tori, not too much. But we got another vote in safe for Tori. So enjoy your single point there. That puts you at 13 for this episode. And then we have an interesting situation here. Uh, Last episode, I mentioned that whoever earns the most points in episode four will get an additional chance die. But (laughs) Fred and TB, uh, representing the refrigerators and toast bread, respectively, each got 14 points. So they each got a chance die. (laughs) which is funny because uh you know fred only has two people and tv has four people but (laughs) they uh, work out the same because taku is just that strong yeah and i also assume that there's no chance dice shenanigans where i can roll a dice and get some extra points for this episode to bump tv Uh, out of chance die range (laughs) not anymore uh yeah Dang so it. fred we kind of know your deal you got two taku people they won a bunch of challenges that's it they're goaded uh tb2 has one uh taku with Lindsay, two vadi um so there's a handful of points from there and adrea which didn't really give him any points but managed to just have enough of a spread to catch up to your two taku so those are the points uh in terms of totals we're still staying pretty even. Uh, obviously, I fell behind a little bit here. Uh, I'm currently down at 60, which is okay. Uh, two episodes, I've scored less than 10 points. It's fine. Uh, next is Soaring, who is doing all right, up at 63 points, which I could easily catch up to. Uh, then we have... Shut your mouth. Fred. You're not going <laughs> to win this time. It's my season, I swear! <laughs> Fred at a cool 68. And TV at a nice 69. Nice. Nice. So interesting there. You know, I'm. we're all still, you know, within, you know, like nine, ten points of each other. So it's still totally anyone's game, especially with the upcoming redraft. Ooh. Yeah, uh, it's still ooh. extremely close. Yeah. You know, four episodes and I would have definitely expected it to be much more spread out. Mm-hmm. But here we are. Yeah. Chance die. Uh, Fred and I each have five, which is a lot. Soaring has one. TB has two. Uh, we'll have to see how many we kind of blow through on the redraft because they can be used there for advantage. <sighs> I'm in danger. Position. So, yeah, we'll see what ends up happening with soaring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, the pity mechanic that was designed to help me is screwing me in the butt. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, yeah, so those are the points. Uh, if you're listening, you want to go check out a spreadsheet for yourself. Look at our graph. Look at our numbers. Look at all, all the pretty colors. It's at rngshow.com slash 42. Uh, I guess I, I can bring this up 
now because he kind of mentioned it. You know, if anybody wants to roll a chance die, because that's a mechanic we have, uh, you can get a couple <laughs> points for it. Uh, I believe, okay, it has not yet gone up in value, so you can roll a chance die and get, you know, a D6 worth of points if you are so interested. <laughs> but I feel like pre-merge, there's not too much uh, reason to really use it. Maybe. Well, here's the thing. Whenever they go up in value, you also potentially lose your dice, right? Because you have to roll all of them, and if any of them roll, like one or whatever oh, the I see, rule true. is. Yeah, so you can, then, uh, you know, roll all of them. Or the, but the thing is, I haven't done the math yet. It's just math, right? Because you, you lose... need to run the simulations. Right, because <laughs> how much value are you gaining for going up the dice value versus your one in six to lose a dice right so are you getting at least one six worth of value going up because if you are then i think you run the risk of losing a dice uh to get the extra value guaranteed as opposed to or not guaranteed but as opposed to running them now and then yeah, there, there's no advantage to uh like having many points early in the game if they just become more powerful later on but you could yeah but you could, but you lose, could lose dice so i'd rather you know take the six or you know the two to six points now or you know whatever now versus uh get to second half of the season and like i lost all my chance die because i rolled really poorly right because like for instance you know if we skip ahead and you never spend any if by you know close to the end you've lost half your chance die but the value of them only went up like i don't know right. 25% yeah. then you've lost more expected value than yeah. yeah than if you had used them asap that's fair and again i don't know the math on it i have to like you said run the simulation make some graphs make some you know, normalized distributions and whatnot, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then check it from there. But right, there's yeah. math to it. I think at the very least, the very least, by the time we get to recording the podcast before the finale, uh, you want as many chance die as you have players, or you're gonna be punished. So yes. keep that in mind. Don't punish me. That's then me. you better. Keep as many chance die as you have players. Okay. Uh, speaking <laughs> of players, uh, any trades? Uh, who's up first? Me? Uh, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, like I could make a trade here and like regret it if the person I get immediately, immediately goes home or I could just like be safe and write it out until the redraft when I'm going to kind of like have a chance to get some new people anyways. So I don't think, I think at this point, like Mike's not really going to unlock his idol, like in the pre-merge. I don't think I'm going to get like any points from Mike in that department. Um, but like, I don't really know if there's any like moves to make here. Like, uh, I don't really want Daniel or Chanel 
still and like if i'm gonna have a person from vaudi like i think hi and mike are like the two best people to have yeah i agree uh you know so there's no point i'm like i'm not gonna get rocks roy still um <laughs> you're not gonna go to rocks not gonna go to rocks this time around if like tb was here like maybe i you know like we can make something work with like a Lindsay or something but uh at this point i think i'm just kind of like stuck with <laughs> who i got uh, yeah. you two have anything? I mean, formally, Soaring's next than Fred, but... I don't think that I've really got a trade that Fred's willing to take. I, I think, you know, as you mentioned earlier, Tori has to at least have some sort of interaction with an advantage before she goes home. Uh, so I'm hoping that she's the one who finds it, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. And not just, like, read somebody else who found it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think like I, I think re- really right now for me the only like flag that I am cautious about in this moment is Romeo, but I don't think there's anybody You're not you're not put who... off guard by having like 5 minutes dedicated to what a dumb move <laughs> Jonathan made by talking about unity this episode and how he's uh, so dominant in the challenges. Because in a way, Jonathan's like super great to have on your team because, you know, he's going right, to go out but... there and put his full effort into the challenges. But at the exactly. same time, you know, like he's one of those guys where like as soon as he's vulnerable, especially post-merge, like I feel like they're just going to get rid of him. And I, I fully acknowledge that he is very unlikely to win the game in that regard. But that doesn't mean he's not going to bring a whole lot of points home before he goes home. <laughs> that is true. That's very, very true. Yeah. And I don't know, Chanel still seems pretty solid to me. Like, her tribe is kind of at odds, but I I still have confidence in her as a player. I, I think, think so. the, the tribe also didn't turn or, or turn their attention away from her, despite what I would have expected. So, as much as, like, at the end of the last episode, I thought, you know, Chanel was not in a good spot, I think this episode kind of changed my opinion i think she's doing okay yeah okay at least yeah okay she's not like on you know the front of their minds as the next target yeah, kind I of think, thing i think if they so go... really i just gotta figure out where, where all of this all these weird shots of romeo are, are leading us <laughs> <laughs> yeah who knows? who knows who knows but yeah redraft yeah. coming up at some theaters near you uh if you happen to listen to the podcast in the theater and you know, it'll be a fun opportunity to see, uh, you know, who we feel the strongest about in the long term and who ends up on. We on have to team. rent a theater and play the podcast now, don't we? I mean, of course. You just like walk into a theater and like the lobby, you know, and just like play it on your phone or something. Yeah. And then we would be listening to it at a theater technically. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Let's get out of here. Uh, I guess, well, one last thing I want to say no. before the next we're, episode. We're, this is, it, You're no, over. No, 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 I, I disagree. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast right now, I advise you to uh, take your, your ears off. Stop, stop <laughs> listening. You know what? That That's fair. Uh, nobody should listen to me. Okay, so um, you're gone. Fred, go ahead, please. I'm super cool. excited to hear what you have to say for us. Uh, yeah, of course. Just hurry up already. I just don't want anybody else to hear it because uh, it's just for me, right? <laughs> yeah. Um... Before I, I want to say this episode before it, it completely falls apart, but you and I have some very interesting parallels as tribes in this fantasy draft. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, because so far we've lost people uh, back and forth 
the entire season. I lost right. Zach. Nobody else lost, has lost any, any people other than Wayfair. Yeah. Mariah, I lost Jenny, and you lost Swathi in that order. So, and we are the two tribes left with only one tribe on their team. Uh-huh. And so our, our entire success is really hinging on the tribes that we have. Um, but I just think that that parallel is really funny, especially because our trade is also what made it do that. And so we just right. have very, like, very similar experiences this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's also a pretty interesting situation where, like, the waivers we chose in the draft uh, were pretty, like, pretty decent options as far as waivers go. For, like, just not really making that far into the game. Mm-hmm. Not earning too many points. I mean, kind of cheated on the waiver myself, but... Well, I guess that's true. All right. Now, now it's... Uh, let's, uh, let's end the podcast. Oh, is this po- ending a podcast ASMR? All right. Uh, thanks to Zoe for editing the podcast, and uh, thank you to Subtech for the use of our theme song, Step Up. If they want to go check out our other episodes, where should they go? To rngshow.com slash 42 okay but what that'll take them to the spreadsheet but what if they want to like check out the other episodes i don't i don't i don't know <laughs> it's just rngshow.com <laughs> so so all the people that took their their headphones off to uh for for my and they now know that segment's over definitely, right? definitely heard that at least and probably thought okay time to put the headphones back on they're talking right. about stuff <laughs> <laughs> so again one more time that's rngshow.com is our website our anchor landing page as it were uh you go check out one of our other episodes we've done the same sort of thing all the way back through the beginning of ghost island with a rotating cast throughout uh we'll be back next week and we'll talk more about survivor everything we could possibly want to know about what is in episode five uh, we will have that information finally after years of waiting. <coughs> we'll, we'll finally know <laughs> what is in season 42, episode 5. We'll Truly. see you all then. Goodbye. Wow, season 42, episode 5. That's going to be game changing. No, that was a different season. Oh, sh- you're right. <laughs> <laughs>